welcome to the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. It's January 8, 2017 and this is episode 556. Having shared my thought process and selection workflow last week, today I'm going to share my personal top 10 photographs from 2016. Since I started doing this in 2007, it has become a yearly tradition and although it's an invaluable learning experience in itself, over the years it's become a wonderful record of our progress as photographers. If you are interested in the process of selection including workflow tips for Capture One Pro, please do also check out last week's podcast and that's at mbp.ac 555. For now though, let's jump in and take a look at my top 10 from 2016. And remember, you can see the images if you're on a device that does not have the images there then go to mbp.ac 556 and you can click on the images and view them larger there on the blog. So do keep in mind that this isn't so much about my images as the thought process behind the making and processing in the hope that it helps you with your own photography. Note too that I'm going to work through these images in chronological order, so this isn't a top 10 countdown as such. I started the year with a visit to Hokkaido with my landscape photography tour group. Being the northernmost island of Japan, Hokkaido gets huge amounts of snow from Siberia each winter, making for some beautiful winter scenes. When weather permits, I like to take the group up the mountain roads to Mount Asahi, and we simply have a walk up the ski slopes there being careful not to get in the way of the skiers, and make photographs like this one. The nice thing about this location is that there's a mixture of evergreen and deciduous trees which hold the snow in different ways, making for a varied and what I consider to be a quite beautiful scene. If you followed my transition to Capture One Pro from Lightroom, you might remember that this is one of the first images that I tested to see if I could create black and white images that I'm happy with. I never really did black and white in Lightroom as such, rather I was using Silver Effects Pro, but I've not had to use Silver Effects once since switching, and I've continued to do a lot of black and white. This image was shot at f14 with a 125th of a second shutter speed, ISO 100 at 30mm. As I'm now using a 1.92 terabyte SSD to store my final selects and current year's original RAW files, I'm hoping that not having to save a lot of TIFF files from SilverFX is going to help me to keep my entire year of RAW files plus my finals folders in this single drive. For 2016, with lots of TIFF files from the first half of the year, I would have been a few hundred gigabytes over. If I do end up filling this 1.92 terabytes, hopefully 
by the time I need to add a second, the price will have dropped a little. But I would still prefer to keep all of my finals in the current year on one drive for travelling. I'll be talking more about this drive and how much I love it in an update of my Travelling Photographer's Digital Workflow post that I have already started to plan. The next image is also from my Hokkaido Landscape Photography Adventure Tour from a small harbour on the west coast of the northern tip of Hokkaido. I actually had a shot from this spot in last year's top 10 too, so it obviously holds a special place in my heart. I remember rushing back to this location as the snow was falling because I think when you can capture something that makes the air more visible, it adds atmosphere to an image. This also reminds me much more of the actual feeling of being out in the elements with the snow crunching under my feet and the brisk air and often having to blow snow off the front of the lens between shots. Again, I converted this to black and white in Capture One Pro, but I did that just this week, as I prepared for this episode, because I really wanted to complete as much of my 2016 work in Capture One as possible. I was still referencing my old Silver Effects TIFF during the selection process. This version is slightly different, not quite as punchy, but a little more subtle. This image was shot at f14 with a 125th of a second shutter speed, ISO 100 at 24mm. My third pick is from a location that I've now seen much more on Western TV programs. It's shot from a bridge built specifically for photographers over the river at a town called Tsurui in Hokkaido. The town's name, Tsurui, literally means cranes are here, and the name of the bridge, Otoabashi, means the sound of wings. When I think of things like this, it makes me feel so happy and fortunate to have been able to adopt Japan as my home. I called this image Distant Dance, because, of course, of the two cranes dancing in the distance, but I added the 2016 to differentiate this from my original distant dance shot from this location in 2008. The hoarfrost that makes this scene so beautiful doesn't perform like this every time we go, and some years we aren't lucky at any of the days that we visit. So literally it took me eight years before I got something at this spot that I was happy to name the same as my old favourite image from this location. This was shot at f11 with a 500th of a second shutter speed, ISO 640 at 420mm. There isn't really any special processing on this, except a little bit of lightning on the bottom left corner to balance the toning of the foreground bank of snow and take its edge off a little. The Stellar Sea Eagle is one of the world's largest eagles with a wingspan of up to 2.5 metres. So again, I always feel so fortunate to be able to visit and photograph these magnificent birds each year. And the light and pose of the bird in this image make this a definite favourite from 2016. We had moved close to the harbour wall 
at the end of two hours on the boat photographing the eagles. And the covering of snow on top of the harbour wall was reflecting light back up to the underside of the birds, giving them a beautiful glow in addition to the sunlight. But the thing that I really like about this shot is the fact that he's this incredibly powerful bird and he seems to be making a fist as though he's about to swoop down and punch someone. I'm not a violent person, but I love it when I capture a trait in an animal that is associated with humans. And that fist in the pensive look makes me think of someone like Clint Eastwood as he walks into a bar to lay down the law in his somewhat unorthodox ways. This was shot at f10 with a shutter speed of a thousandth of a second to freeze the action and the ISO set to 400 at 234mm. The next photo is from my Greenland tour in August 2016. As we left the bay at Tasilak, this beautiful iceberg was sitting in the channel out to the open ocean, so we sailed around it a few times making detail shots. This is one of my favourites as it shows the texture of the ice on the tip of the iceberg and the dark sky above. People often ask if the ice really is blue, and I have to admit it isn't this blue, but I don't change the colour of my images, I just enhance it, bringing out the detail that's already there, and showing the texture better. I used to do this in Colour Effects Pro, but I processed all of my Greenland Tor images in Capture One Pro. It was actually the first time I'd processed a large number of images in Capture One since jumping ship, so I was still learning, but it was really easy to get the results that I was looking for. This was shot at f10, a 400th of a second shutter speed, at ISO 500 and 164mm focal length. Even though the subject wasn't really moving, it's important to keep a fast shutter speed when shooting from a moving boat to avoid camera shake. The next photograph is a bit of a dream come true for me. I've seen whales breaching in the past, but always at a distance, and it happened so quick that so far I'd not been able to photograph them. As we finished a day of shooting in Greenland and were sailing back to Tasilak, we saw a pair of humpback whales breaching in the distance. Our Inuit driver started to speed towards them initially, then stopped the boat as he realised that they were heading straight towards us at speed. We only had to wait a minute or so before they were right in front of our boat, and I got a shot of one heading straight for the camera. Then, a moment later, they were right beside the boat, breaching as they went past. As excited as a kid in a candy store, I was so happy to have captured this photograph too, from the side. These images are now very special to me. The settings were f10 and a sixteen hundredth of a second at ISO 800, 400mm. Again, shooting from a boat requires a fast shutter speed, but with an animal this size moving at the speed it was, you need at least a sixteen hundredth of a second, if not faster, to get a sharp shot. Landman Nalagar 
in Iceland is one of the most beautiful locations on the planet. And I really struggled with my decision not to include a shot of the main valley in this year's selection. But for me, this shot probably sums up this year's visit a little better. We had beautiful skies again and the light was just stunning for most of the day. As we led my group across the lava fields, I turned back and photographed this scene with the geothermal steam seeping out of the mountain, almost looking as though the mountain was breathing misty breath on this brisk autumn afternoon. Especially when you're climbing with heavy camera gear, it's tempting to just keep your head down and get to the next ridge. But I also think it's important to look back at the scene behind you from time to time. If I hadn't, I could have missed what I consider to be a pretty beautiful scene. This was shot at f14, a hundredth of a second, ISO 200 with a focal length of 28mm. I always think that an image is greatly improved when you can find some element that makes the air visible, as this steam does here, and the snow does in the shot that we looked at earlier today. Here I think the steam adds a little dynamism and life to a still photograph. As we started to pack up to leave Skogafoss, one of my favourite waterfalls in Iceland, a man walked up to the falls barefooted with an umbrella and stood in the edge of the water to pose for a photograph. Being a bit of an opportunist, I captured my own version and this has become one of my favourite photos of the year. I shot this at f13 with a half a second exposure ISO 160 at 24mm. I used an ND filter on the front of my lens to slow down the shutter speed to a half a second so that I could make the water appear silky like this. Luckily the man stood still for this time, so he's perfectly sharp. When I first started doing black and white conversions in Capture One Pro, I didn't think I was going to be able to get this really dark, looming look in my Iceland waterfall images, but I was pleasantly surprised to find that it's not only possible, but really quite easy to get this look. Another shot from September 2016 in Iceland made it to my top 10, and that's this shot that I call Sapphires and Telegraph Lines. Ice carving from the glacier at Jokul Salon floats out to the open ocean and then tides and sea currents push some back onto the beach. While we were there this year, the beach was absolutely strewn with ice, as you can see. So I capitalised on the opportunity to show the entire beach and included the telegraph poles in the distance to add a human element. I used to try to avoid the human element in my landscape work, but sometimes I think it adds to the story, showing our effects on this beautiful planet that we call home. This was shot at f14 with a shutter speed of 40 seconds at ISO 124mm. I used a 10-stop ND filter to get a 40-second exposure which caused the rough seas to smooth over 
and allows a bit of movement in the clouds. The final image of my 2016 top 10 is from a December visit to England to spend Christmas with family for the first time in four years. While there, I visited this beautiful lighthouse in the sea at Dovercourt near Harwich in Essex. I learned about this subject from an incredibly talented photographer and member of my Arcanum cohort, Phil Newbury. Phil has a stunning photograph of this lighthouse, so I've wanted to visit for a long time. The problem with photographing something that you've already seen in a photograph is that you have a very strong visual seed planted in your mind that you have to try to dismiss when shooting. And Phil's image is so strong, it was difficult to do that. But what I always do in this situation is I don't search out or look for photos of places that I'll visit once I've decided to go. This way you have a better chance of clearing your memory and allowing your own creativity to get to work. This goes for any location that I shoot. Once I know I'm going, the only research I might do is the sunrise and sunset time and roughly where the sun will be in the sky in relation to the scene while I expect to be there. If you go online and look for lots of images from your upcoming location, you'll arrive and spend your whole time searching for those shots, and your own creativity gets stifled, even paralysed by this, so I just don't do it. With something as iconic as this lighthouse on stilts out on the sea, it's difficult to make a photograph that isn't similar, but I chose this colour version from Dawn, as I like the colours and the glow of the sun reflected on the sea under the lighthouse. I have some black and white shots from the previous day that I also like a lot, but they are much more like Phil's photo, and quite rarely for me, I actually really like this warm colour version. It was shot at f14 with a 2 minute exposure, ISO 100 at 95mm. I used a 10 stop ND and I think a 3 stop ND for the 2 minute exposure to smooth over the water and clouds for this somewhat surreal look. I was also pretty happy that two seagulls decided to sit on the lighthouse and were almost totally still for two minutes, which was great. I really enjoy going through this exercise each year, as I mentioned last week, because it really helps us to build our image editing skills. I don't mean the editing of each image, I'm talking about the skill of editing a large number of images down to a finite number. We become attached to images for various reasons, and generally include a lot for irrational, emotion-based reasons. But as you start to drill down and remove lesser images, you're always faced with the hard decisions about what to leave in. If you are totally honest with yourself and try to keep images in your selection based on their merit as a photograph, it should end up being a very authentic record of your very best work for the year. What's more, it builds into a yearly record of our work that 
will hopefully show how we grow as photographers. I have done this almost every year since 2017, missing only 2010 as I left my old job to incorporate Martin Bailey Photography. And I sat down with my wife earlier today and we went through nine of the last ten years. We came to the conclusion that my work took a few leaps forward with my visits to Antarctica and most of all with my first visit to Iceland in 2013. As I mentioned a couple of years ago in my Evolution of the Photographer post, I believe that our experiences become a part of us. People sometimes get discouraged because it's hard to beat work that we do at amazing locations. But these amazing places and opportunities elevate us as photographers, and we don't lose that. We get ratcheted up and take our new self to future shoots, and the effects should be visible in all of our work. It's not automatic, you have to work at it of course, but the opportunity to level up like this is a very real one when visiting beautiful places especially in a workshop environment like my Iceland tours. So, even if this is the first year that you try this process, keep in mind that it will build into a legacy of your work. I was so proud to be able to go back and look through nine of the last ten years of images that I've decided that as soon as I can make time, I'm going to go back and select my 2010 top ten as well, just to complete the decade. I know that I'm not the best photographer in the world by a very long shot, and as I mentioned, this isn't about me. It's about all of us, and we certainly aren't comparing ourselves to each other here. Your worst image might be as good as my best, but I still truly believe that you'll learn from this exercise and enjoy building on it over the years. And please do drop a link to your own top 10 in the comments in the blog post at mbp.ac556 if you do this. I love to see what you came up with for the year and really enjoy seeing new work from those of you that post the link each year. Thanks very much for listening today. If you enjoy this podcast, please share a link with your friends. Subscribe in iTunes or your favorite podcast program to ensure interrupted delivery. If you have a moment to rate the podcast or leave us a review in iTunes, that helps to keep us relevant in the huge number of podcasts out there now. You can find me on Google+, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook, etc. And links to everything that I'm up to are at martinbaileyphotography.com. So do drop by and take a look. I'm actually releasing this week's episode a day early because I'm traveling on my Hokkaido landscape photography adventure from tomorrow, so I probably won't have time now to create an extra podcast for next week, so I'll more than likely see you in two weeks' time. In the meantime though, you take care and have a great week, whatever you're doing. Bye bye.